Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Goodness of God. 
Jesus, yes. for your goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are so, so good, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you. We thank you. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory, glory. You deserve all the praise, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name tonight, Lord. We thank you, God, yes. for all your goodness and mercy, Lord. I ask you, Father, that you just have your way in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy today, Lord. Thank you, God, that you hear us, Lord God. When we pray, Lord God, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come to your house together with your people, Lord. Thank you, Father, for being able to enter into your presence, Lord, to worship you, Father, in yes. spirit and in truth, Lord. We ask you, Father, that you just have your way in this service, Lord. God, that you just move, Lord God, meet every need, Lord God, touch every life, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for each home represented in this place this evening. Ask you, Father, that you just have your way, Lord. We just yes. love you. Praise you, God. We glorify you. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you, Miss Shannon, Brother Pat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Children's dismissed. And want to be. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Everybody else stuck with me. Praise the Lord. so glad that you're here with us. Amen. Amen. It's been a warm day, hasn't it? Yes. The past couple of days. It's going to be warm for a while. Yeah. Hallelujah. But if you were here with us two weeks ago, we started uh, the last time that we shared in the Word, we started a message about being centered on God and Hopefully tonight we're going to be able to finish that. Didn't get to finish it last time because that long-winded preacher took too long. And, uh, so hopefully we can recap a little bit of what we covered and finish it up tonight. Amen. You know, we talked about what was the center chapter of the Bible in the own according to the way that most, most people counted it. Psalms 118. Shortest chapter in the Bible, Psalms 117. Longest chapter in the Bible, Psalms 119. 594 chapters up to Psalm 118. 594 chapters after Psalm, from Psalm 19. So that puts it right there in the middle. Let's see. Romans 8, 31 through 35 and verses 37 through 39 reads this way. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us? From the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you can count on God in times of trouble. Amen. When your life's a mess, you can count on it. When things are going good, you can count on it. You know, we see, see it throughout the Psalms that we can count on God in, in, in times of trouble. In Psalms 18 verse 5, it says this, I called on the Lord in distress. When I was in a mess, when I was in trouble, I called on the Lord. On one hand, we should always be calling on the Lord, but especially when we're in a mess, when we're in trouble, when we're in distress, when we're worried, when we're confused, when we're upset, when we feel like life is closing in on us, we really need to call on him. We really need to, to have conversations with God then. And that's what I mean, have conversations with God. You know, we like to run to God. We like to treat God like Santa Claus. We like to run and jump up on his lap and tell him all the things that we'd like to have and all the things that we want. And then we run off all giddy because, hey, I'm going to get what I want. He wants to have a conversation with you. He wants you to sit down and talk to him. My dad passed away 20 years ago, three days ago, the 12th. What I wouldn't give to be able to have a conversation with him. But our Heavenly Father wants to have a conversation with us and we're able to, if we just get still enough to listen to he speaks to us. He wants us to get into his word. He wants us to pray and he wants us to get in the word and let his word begin to speak to us and begin to tell us what we need to do in our lives. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's a great reminder for us to take our request to God. And let his peace come and protect our minds and our lives and our hearts. The second half of verse 5 of Psalm 118 says, The Lord answered me and set me in a larger place. The Lord came, he answered me, and set me in a place of abundance. He set me in a place of prosperity. He set me in a place of opportunity. 
God wants to put you in a larger place. God wants to put you in a place of possibility. If you're in the middle of a mess, call on them. Ask for help. Trust and believe that help's on the way. Verse 6 of 118 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to you? What's the worst that could happen? Be criticized. You'd be laughed at. You'd be ridiculed. Might be without a job. You might be broke. The truth is, even if the worst thing that could happen to you would happen to you, it's not enough to separate you from God. God is there and he's with you and he's holding you and he's ready to meet you in your place of need. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. No matter what kind of mess we find ourselves in, nothing can change the fact that God loves you. Like we said the last time, God even likes you. There's some people that love you because God told them they had to, but they don't like you. I know there's some people that don't like me, and I don't care. I do care, but it doesn't affect me either way, you know. I like for everybody to like me, but if they don't, and I'm walking the way that God wants me to walk, then there ain't anything I can do about it. Why worry about it? Had an old pastor tell me one time, he said, why are you worried about things that you didn't cause and you can't fix? There's some people that you can't fix. There's some relationships that you're not going to be able to mend. So you're better off just loving them. Keep that distance from them. I have to love you, but I don't have to feed you at my table. want to fix our messes and a whole lot of times our mess is us so God's for you he loves you he likes you he's for you he wants to help you you can count on God when you can't count on anybody else Psalms 118 and 7 that says the Lord is for me among those who help me Sometimes when we're in a mess, we're tempted to say, God didn't for me. He's not going to do anything to help me. And then along with that, we think that, and there ain't nobody else that's on my side either. And both things are wrong because God is always there for you. He is always there. He's, he's there for you to lean on, for you, you to let him hold you up. carries us in the palm of his hand. He covers us with his feathers, the word place in the word says. 
if we allow him to, if we'll get to that place where it is. You know, God's there for you, and there's people who are there for you. You have people who, in your life who, who are on your side, that care about you, that want to be there for you, and God's working with them and working through Jesus to give you the strength you need to get through the thing that you're facing right now. But remember, the people in your life are just people. They're just like you. They're fallible. They make mistakes. They're not, they're not perfect. They're, they're, they got problems just like you got. And, and sometimes some of them will fail to be there when you're expecting them to be there. There's going to be times when people let you down. There's going to be times when you call on friends and they don't come through for you. There's going to be times when you ask for help and they just don't give it. going to be times when you call and they don't answer your call. They ignore your email. They ignore your text. Why? Because there are people just like you are. You know that you ignore texts and you you let it see who's calling and uh, go to voicemail. It's a fact of life, but God won't ever let you down. Psalms 118 verse 8 says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. I want you to understand that just because people leave you hanging doesn't mean that God will. God will be there for you. You can count on him when you can't count on anybody else. Psalms 118 and verse 9 says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Our hope is not in our government. David reminds us in Psalms 20 and 7, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You can count on God when you can't count on anybody else. And that includes Uncle Sam. Our trust has to be in the Lord. We have to trust in the Lord. You can count on God because God's for you. He loves you. He likes you. He knows what's best for you. That's why you can call him up in times of trouble. No matter what kind of mess you're in, no matter what kind of battle that you're facing, and he's ready to move you to a large place. He's ready to move you to a place of abundance and possibility. Hey, if you're, if you're in the middle of a mess right now, God will help get you out of it. But the first thing we got to do is we got we got to get centered in him. We've got to get focused in him. Got to believe and accept that God's for us, that he loves us, that he likes us. We can trust in God's presence even in the middle of our, our, our difficult times. And I, I want you to know, even if you're in the middle of a mess right now and you feel like life is against you, you know that you're not alone. Listen to these things that David wrote. <coughs> Excuse me. Psalms 10 and 1. Why, oh Lord, do you stand far away from me? Why do you hide yourself in this time of trouble? 
Psalms 35 and 23, for your arrows have sunk in me and, and your hand has come down on me. Psalms 44, 10 through 12. You have made us turn back from the foe and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You've made us like sheep for slaughter and have scattered us among the nations. You've sold your people for a trifle demanding no high price for them. These are all words that are in the Bible. These are all in the book of Psalms that I just read you. This is David talking to God and saying, Hey God, why are you doing this to me? God, you're supposed to be for me. Why are you against me? <clears throat> David was in a place where he was being honest with God. And it's okay for us to be honest with God. If we don't understand what's going on, we can talk to God. Our problem a lot of times is we think we got to come to God with, with some King James prayer life. And he just wants us to talk to him. God, I don't understand. I know that your word says that you're for me. And that you would work all things together for good. Because I love you. I don't see how this can work. Clue me in a little bit, God. It's okay to tell God what you think and what you believe and what you're doubting and what you want and what you don't want. Come and give God exactly what's on your heart. Why? He already knows it's there. Stop coming and being dishonest with God. Be honest with God. He already knows what's in your heart. When you're in a mess, you can be honest with him. Then you can take that honesty just one step further. It's not enough to just complain about your situation. We need to learn to say, okay, God, I've told you all this, but despite what's going on, I trust you. I choose to believe, God, that you're in control of my life, God, because I'm yielding control of my life to you. God can't be in control of your life until you give you give control of your life to him. God's not going to force you to do anything. God's not going to make you live right. God's not going to make you pray. God's not going to make you read your Bible. God's not going to make you show up for church when the church doors are open. God's just going to open up the opportunities for you to do that stuff. Psalms 118.24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And there's times when that's hard to say. But it's a great way to start the day. Lord, this is the day that you've made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in this. I don't know what I'm going to face when I get up out of this bed. <coughs> I 
saw a little thing one time. This fellow was praying and he said, Lord, I've done good today. I haven't talked about anybody. I haven't disrespected anyone. I haven't committed a sin. God, I'm doing good. But I'm getting ready to get out of bed here in a minute. I'm going to need all the help I can get. <laughs> That's the way we are sometimes. Lord, I need all the help that I can get and then some. We need to make it part of our routine. It's what Jesus did. Mark 135 says, In the early morning, while it was still dark, he arose and he went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. Who was? Jesus was. He didn't do anything on this earth as God. He did it as a man anointed of God. He did it to show us that we have the opportunity that we can operate just like he did in this earth to be what God has called us to be. You know, we got to develop that, that God is in control mindset. How we do that? We ask for more. 118 and 25 of Psalms says, Save us, we pray, O Lord. We pray, give us success. David's not praying with a poverty mindset. Lord, give us success. He's not saying, Lord, just let me squeak by. Just let me have enough just to get by, Lord. He's saying, give us success. Give me prosperity. Give me abundance. Send plenty, God. Think in context of the problems that you're facing right now. What kind of abundance would help you in your problem? You need an abundance of money. You need an abundance of cooperation, an abundance of ideas, an abundance of health, an abundance of love, an abundance of contentment. Pray, ask God, okay, God, you got to give me what I need to get through this thing. God wants you to thrive. Jesus came to give us life and that more abundant. You know, the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus came to make you abundant. Psalms 118, verse 27. The Lord is God. He has made his light to shine upon us. And then in Psalms 119 and verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you're in the middle of a mess, spend time in God's word. Read the Psalms. Read those heartfelt prayers. And remember, it, it'll help you remember that you're not the first person to go through this. You're not the first person to feel this way. You're not alone. Read on through the Bible. It's a book of hope. God's given us his word, and it'll encourage us if we'll open it up and we'll read it and we'll try and see what God is trying to say to us. Psalms 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You don't have to go through day upon day of darkness. Why? Because the word of the Lord is a light to your path. 
God wants to bring light into your life. He wants to give you hope. Jesus said this in John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We don't ever have to walk in darkness. We've got the Savior of the world on our side. He'll strengthen us. He'll encourage us. He'll share his amazing grace with us. He'll share his power with us. We just got to believe and trust in Jesus. We got to trust in God's control. Like I said, though, we got to give that control to him. We got to yield it over to him. You know, even in the middle uh, of our mess, we have to be centered on God. We have to develop that. God is in control, heart and spirit and mindset. And that'll mean that when we're in the middle of a mess, we'll see God in it. Okay, God, I see where you're trying to show me something. Whatever it is, whatever the reason that you're there, God knows all about it. And he'll be there with you and for you always. Life isn't easy. Everybody's got challenges. We have big ones. We have small ones. Sometimes things just seem to spin out of control. No matter how things look today, you can find a place of peace in the presence of God if you get there. You can get centered in Him because He's for you, because He's in control of that situation that you're in. If you give him control, you got a choice. You've got a choice every day, hundreds of times a day. You're going to believe God's in control. Will you give thanks and rejoice that this is the day that the Lord has made? Make a choice. You can ask for more than enough because of. God is able to make you thrive even in a bad situation. He, he wants you to thrive. And you can look to the light. You can look to Jesus because his word and in his presence, you'll find everything that you'll ever need. It's your choice. It'll always be your choice. Trust that God is with you. God loves you. He likes you. And we've been talking about getting centered on God. We've been talking about focusing on, on what it means to get centered in God during those hard times. And, and I'm talking about having peace and strength and confidence in our life no matter what's going on around us. Whenever you meet a person who is centered who lives with a calm assurance that they're secure in the hands of God you might think that person has an easy life when in reality all hell might be breaking loose in their life but they're choosing to walk with God and trust God and know that God has taken them through it and that's where we have to get we got to get to that place and, and, and it's We all have obstacles. We all have things that we're going to have to go through, that we're all going to have to face, that we're all going to have to come up against. But we got to learn to trust Jesus. 
Don't learn to lean on him. Being a centered person isn't determined by how many problems you have or how few problems you have. It's determined by our relationship with God. If we're right where God wants us to be, then we have an opportunity to, to experience that centeredness. We have peace in the middle of the turmoil, and we have hope in the middle of uncertainty, and we have confidence in the middle of a setback. Things might not be going the way that we want them to be, but we know God is working it together for our good. And in the end, we're going to be better off because of what we're facing right now. We may be facing a test greater than we've ever faced before, but one thing is for sure. When we come through on the other side of it, we'll have a testimony. when we started this, we started talking about how we need to believe that God is for us. Psalms 118 and 6 said, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Then we read over in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? God's for you. That means that you can call on him in times of your distress, you can count on God when you can't count on anybody else. In fact, God is so for you that even when you're wrong, even when you're in sin, even when you've made a mess of things with your own foolishness, he won't give up on you. When you're in the middle of the mess, even if it's a mess of your own making, we have to believe that what the Bible tells us about the grace and the power and the goodness of God. God is for you. He loves you and he likes you and he wants to get you out of the mess that you're living in. God's in control. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God, you created this day. It's up to me how I take this day. used to work with a couple old guys and their thing every day when they saw you was are you working hard or just taking it hard? That's the way we are with our Christian walk. Is your walk hard or are you just taking it hard? We need to become centered on God. God has a plan. In Psalms 118 and verse 22, it says, The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And Jesus quoted that in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 42. And it applies to Jesus, but it also applies to things in our life, too. You know, the, these words, they, they apply to Jesus because he came 
to the world. He was rejected by the religious leaders. He was condemned by the political leaders. And he was put to death on a cross. His enemies thought it was over that he was completely out of the picture and they'd never have to deal with Jesus or his followers again. But they were wrong. Because the man that they nailed to the cross just didn't disappear and fade away into history like they thought he would. He was dead. He was dead as he could be when they put him in that tomb on Friday. But three days later, God breathed the breath of life back into him and his heart began to beat and he began to breathe the, the, the breath of life and that blood started flowing and his lungs filled with air and he was alive again. But that's not all there was to it. Now his little ragtag band that of believers that had been following him who had all deserted him. You know, when Jesus came down to the cross, there was Mary, and there was another woman, and there was, I believe it was John standing there. Everybody else had walked away. There were the only three of Jesus' followers from the thousands and thousands who had followed him and coming down to the few there that was with him, to his disciples, everybody had walked away except for those three standing at the cross. <coughs> but here they are, this ragtag band of believers that had all deserted him. They were now suddenly bold. And they began to preach his message and to imitate his lifestyle. That new movement started in his name, the church. It's his church built on him. He was the foundation. He was the cornerstone. The one that had been rejected, ridiculed, beaten, mocked, and condemned to die became the cornerstone. But how does that apply to you? How, how, how does the psalmist's word apply to you? The thing that seems to signify failure and defeat in your life can become the foundation of a new life for you. What brought rejection into your life can become the cornerstone of what God wants to accomplish in your life. <clears throat> Chuck Colson is an example. He was a top-level Nixon aide. I remember Nixon from when I was a little kid. I was eight years old whenever I saw him on TV giving his resignation speech. But Colson was a top-level Nixon aide that was indicted and he was sent to prison shortly after the Watergate scandal in the 70s. His political life was over, he was a broken man, and in prison he began reading Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And that led to his accepting Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He became a new man with a new mission.
after he was released from prison, he started prison fellowship. That's a ministry that's impacted the lives of thousands upon thousands of inmates. He became a spokesperson for evangelicals and became an influential voice in the church. God took Chuck Colson's worst defeat, his greatest failure, and he made it into the cornerstone of a new life for him. That's what God can do. Our difficulties aren't as random as they appear sometimes. They can serve a purpose in our life, a, a purpose that, that serves us and brings glory to God. You know, earlier we read Psalms 118.25, Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Psalms 138.8 says this, David in his writing, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. God has a plan for turning lives around. God wants to take the things that we're fighting with and we're struggling with and we're facing and he wants to turn them around and make them a stepping stone for us as we work for the kingdom of God. Might not be obvious from our perspective but he'll make a way for us to experience the fullness and joy a life in him can bring. Psalms 118.23 says this. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. The things we're facing might not be good. They might not be great. But looking back from where we've been, We see God's hand working through things. You know, you might not see it when you're going through it, but when you get on the other side of it and you turn to look back and you view where you came from, you see where God was working time after time after time. And how do we get there? Spend time with God. One of the greatest things for a parent is spending time with their children. <coughs> Let me change that. One of the greatest things for a parent is getting to spend time with your adult children. We enjoy spending time with our kids when they're little. We love that. We love the playing and everything but when they get older, when they're adults and they're out on their own, we love spending time with our children. Why? Because we want to talk to them. We've spent our lives being their parents. Now that we're grown, we're still their parents and we still, still have that role, but we get to take on the role of being their friend. You can't be their friend when they're little kids because you have to correct them and you have to do all this other stuff. But when they're adults, then you get to be their friend. 
then you get to talk to them, then you get to have conversations with them, and they get to ask you questions and be honest with you about, well, I didn't like that, well, this is why I did that. And they get to understand some things later on. But we wouldn't like it very much if while we were sitting and we were talking and we were visiting with them, if they were kept looking at their watch. Sometimes that's how we treat God. We come to church and we're like, okay, church is starting. It's Wednesday night. We'll be out here by 8 o'clock. We're not out of here by 8 o'clock. I'm checking out at 8 o'clock anyway. I'm not paying attention after that. <laughs> or Sunday morning. Hey, the church ain't out by 12 o'clock. I'm either checking out or I'm sliding out one or two. But God wants to spend time with us. He wants to visit with us. He wants to talk with us. Psalms 118, verse 19, in closing. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. Sometimes we need to take baby steps to get to this point. We need to see the blessings and we need to see the opportunities that God lays before us. And sometimes it's easy to miss. If we're going through things, you know, it's easy to miss those blessings and those opportunities because of the things that's going on around us. That's why we need to do good at every opportunity. There's gates that the righteous enter. These gates are open. They lead to the presence of God. And as we take steps toward those gates, God takes steps toward us. He empowers us to do great things in our lives. God can take those things that have brought rejection and failure and defeat in our life and turn it into a resounding victory for us. You might say, well, I don't see how that's going to happen. Then you probably don't right now. It may not be obvious right now. But God has a plan to turn your life around. If we yield ourselves to his plan. Amen. Amen. Psalm 118.23. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our Let's pray. Precious Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for the opportunity that you've given us to come to your house, Lord. Together with your people, Lord, we thank you, God, that things might not be good, but God, that you're working on together for our good because we love you, Lord. We just honor you tonight. Thank you for moving, Lord. Ask you, Father, that you'd have your way. Watch over us. Keep us as we go our separate ways. Bring us back together, Lord. Sunday morning, Lord, ready to lift up your name, ready to worship you, Father, ready to celebrate Father's Day. In Jesus' name, amen.
This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.